So then, GV. Hanji, what's Where going you been, on, bro? bro? Where you been? Oh, just busy with life, bro. Just life takes over, innit? Just, um, now nah, I just took a bit of time off, you know, to spend a, uh, focusing on other things than music. I spent like 15, 20 years just focusing purely on music, nonstop. And then um, Little One came along and, you know, marriage and all of that kind of stuff. And I was like, I want to I put that first, you know, those things are important, man. It's so, almost it's almost verbatim exactly what uh, the conversation I had with Jitty. He was yeah. the, 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 the the same kind of thing. Like yeah, soon as um soon as kids and all and everything else came along, that yeah. was it. He goes, it was kind of done for him at that bit. Yeah, and, and he's coming back, uh, coming back with that, uh, with, uh, coming out with new sounds and everything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. Same not, for you. It's not. It's not this in exactly the same. I know Jitty actually like fully like just took time away from music um in my case i've still been releasing music every year something's been coming out um it hasn't been official gv projects as such but i've still been like collaborating with other people you know so i mean my last album was 2018 but since then i wrote um all eyes on on me for jazzy b buddy where did that I've I've done collaborations with other people, you know, I've worked with a lot of people in that time. Some of the things have come out, some haven't, but every year something has still been coming out. Uh, so I've still been around, but just not active as I was say five years ago. Yeah. Uh, I, I but think, that's going to change soon. But yeah, yeah. Cause I remember that because I remember when, um, when you were releasing the kind of storybook album. Yeah. You the know, concept when, album. Yeah. yeah. The concept album. That's the word yeah. I was after. Like, like the, in terms of, how experimental you were and to do something like that especially yeah. in the kind of today's market where the, like music yeah cheap isn't it how they like from a consumer point of view they'll just big time man take it want to pre like okay want to appreciate it really and just move on yeah it's disposable you, isn't it yeah and you could see in terms of how much heart, uh, heart and effort you put into it yeah um, you know things like that you, you're not going to produce every year are you in that way so no. I, I could understand it from a break from that point of it but yeah. yeah i mean you were constantly consistent so i think yeah any sniff of a break is like a, a gap it's kind of needed uh, well, it, and also in my case it's not that i just produce these songs i write these songs too it's a completely different you know it's a completely different challenge it's a completely different sort of approach i might not write and produce the songs at the same time i might write just just be songwriting for two years and then start putting music to them there's no set process but you know it, it takes time um so with that concept album you know yeah there were like i think eight songs on it but i would have written 20 30 songs for that album in order to piece all this story together and then and then the video is heavily involved with and the whole marketing everything so it takes it out of you as well and then you sort of need to you know sort of regroup i guess so I, it takes time, I, I, man. I know we're starting a little bit heavy at this bit, but I just want to kind of yeah. while we got the momentum on it. You know, yeah. two questions. One is around mm. the um, you know, the 20 or 30 different kind of songs. Obviously, they they're like your babies at the end of the day. You, yeah. you produce them. Would do you think they will ever come to see the light of day? Or do you just no, you just leave them outside and, and yeah, like, you just forget them. about them. I know I I mean occasionally, you know, when you go through your old hard drives, you might have a listen and I mean, oh, that wasn't that bad, or that was terrible. But I've always approached music this way. If it wasn't good enough to go on that project, it probably isn't good enough to release at another point. Because if I thought it was good enough, it would have already seen the light of day. 
Okay. Right. Yeah, well, so, it's so fair. That's why, yeah. But or, or sometimes it could be a case that something didn't fit that project, but it was cool on its own. Uh, but even then, I would have released it by now, you know, five years down the line. Um, so, yeah, probably not. But there, there's a lot of songs. But I did, I've done that with every one of my albums. There's always been, you know, ballpark 20 to 35 odd songs. There's always been that. Um, and you release, you sort of develop the ones that you feel at the time. And did you feel, I mean, this is a little bit of a sarky question in some ways, and I don't mean it to come across that way, but like... Go for it, man. You, you, you're very supportive of a lot of people, and you're one of the, always one of the first to kind of reach out, especially on social media. Do you get disappointed if you don't see that get reciprocated back, especially for that, for the for the album um, that you produced? Um, I used to, when I was younger, you know, maybe when my first album came out. Um, but I think as I've grown... Um, I don't really take any of that personally, to be honest. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a lot more relaxed now. I'm a lot more just understanding because the thing is, I might tweet my support at a point in my life where things are going good and I'm on social media and I'm like, oh, so-and-so's released an album or a single, you know, let me big it up and promote it on my um, social media. But those people, when my stuff comes out, might be going through something, they might be busy in life, they might, you know... There's so many things that could be going on. So I never really take things like that personally because you just don't know what's, you know, what's going on in, in someone else's world. And also you shouldn't do something to expect it back. You do it because you want to support. And if they don't, yeah. it's all right, you know, um, whatever, really. I don't, I don't, I, I, but I did 10 years ago. I don't anymore. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I want I want to take it back to from where you start and your journey within uh, yeah. within within the, within the music. I actually knew of you first as a lyricist, yeah. my mate Titch, okay. uh, Titch Marley. Oh, okay, yeah, no way, small then, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I um he was telling me about you before, like I knew in the mainstream at, at all. I don't think you even released it. I think you were writing okay. quite a lot of stuff then. Yeah, and uh, he goes, "Oh, listen, watch out for this guy. Watch out." So when okay. you did, I was like, "Oh, oh big shit. up!" <laughs> yeah, so I so I knew about you. So like, credit yeah. to him. Yeah, what I went to you... uni with him long, long time ago. Man, he's my boy from way back. How's uh, Con? How's Con College and Birmingham think... Uni? Shout That's out. It. I used to go Lordswood, yeah. so it used to be okay. on, the, on, the, on the way. But I know, yeah. I know the family for you. We go, our family's got okay. back years, and I still see him every uh, every okay. day as well. So it's a, it's a good one. Your so, your journey then. So how did it start yeah. to get to that to to becoming a kind of a lyricist and and in music? Because that's not at that time that was not very common at all. Not at all, really. No one. I I didn't really know of any UK born writers. We do now. At that time, nobody really. We're talking early 2000s when I first started sort of I always wrote even as a little kid I, I had a fascination with songwriting you know um, so I always wrote I all, always played a bit of instruments here and there and then it it was a natural thing a natural progression where I was like okay now I need to learn how to put these songs together um, and I guess it, it more so um, it sort of I had that drive more so when I would reach out to show people my songwriting and they they'd sort of didn't really take it seriously because I was from here. Not not even necessarily give my song, you know, any time. So you I were guess, getting discriminated uh, because of a UK. Uh, you're a UK. Yeah, writer. yeah, yeah. Nobody really gave me time of day. There's a few people that did. One person was um, Jesse Sidhu from B21 at the time was was still in B21. He gave me time and he was like, "Yeah, come and see me." And uh, he took my number and I never thought he'd phone me. He called me. 
and you know he, today he's a really good close friend of mine um but yeah back then and there were a few others and there was Devraj uncle he gave me time and he was a songwriter and it was just a case of I just wanted to show him my songs and and all that and me and Titch actually we were going to do something together and we went to see him to to also see if he, he'll give us some songs you know but he he gave me that encouragement but there weren't many at that time um maybe because my songs weren't very good but in my mind, it was a case of, okay, I'm not getting anywhere here. I'm going to have to learn to produce my own songs. So you did know? you have anything um, in terms of like, you know, like firstly record it, like what, sorry, yeah, your musical instruments, what, did you learn from anyone or was that just kind of like school or whatever? It's just school, just school and just developed. Few people taught me a few things like um, Safri Uncle, he gave me a few pointers on Tumbi, um, just a few, you know, just a few things here and there I picked up over the years. Um, but I, I used to play, uh, play the keys in school. So I, I guess I had a good understanding of music, how to, you know, scales and pitching and all of that kind of stuff. So I think it just developed from there really. Um, and then, yeah, but I did every, I did both simultaneously. So I, I never stopped writing and then I never stopped producing once I started learning how to program music. Um, I, I know, I know as a, as a lad at that, t at that age, like yeah. how cool uh, people yeah. could be. You know, to have somebody like a writer, if I had a, someone in, my, in the lads who were writing yeah. stuff, like they'd be getting hammered, you know, like yeah. they'd be getting cost for everyone. Yeah, but like yeah. for you to, to kind of pick that up, go against the grain, like that fascinates yeah. me that is, because that is, okay. that shows in terms of the passion for the art and the determination for that. Yeah. So how did you Thank know you. Uh, where your, um, when your song went mm -hmm. from being like a fleeting glance to somebody going, you know, some, I could do something with this. Who gave you your kind of your first break on it? Um, my, so production, my productions came out before any of my own songs came out. I think my first song, what was my first song that came out? Um, I think it probably would have been my first album. Actually, no, there was, there was, okay. So there was a song that actually I wrote the Mukra to it, but I thought um, the singers that I wanted to approach for it for my first album wouldn't want to sing my verses as such. So I was like, I, re I reached out to a guy called Sokatesi and he wrote the verses. Um, but the main hook line and the melody was mine. And, and that song was Manny Binda by Gary. Um, so and Gary was going to sing that on my album and then that didn't work out and he, he he released it as a single. So that was the first one, although it wasn't my full song, but the main bit that people sing along to. And it was a big track. Was mine. Yeah, it was so a that, massive track. Yeah, and then um, and then a few weeks later, Hayoroba of my first album came out, and then my album came out, and I'd written, I think, four songs in entirety, and the opening songs in the same way. I'd written the main hook line and the melody, and uh, another writer had written the verses. That was the one with Jat Jatada with Jat Dummy. So I guess that's when my confidence grew as a writer. Uh, but before that, I, I, be honest with you, I didn't get anywhere for like. For eight, nine years. I mean, people took my songs. Uh, so I had a little bit of confidence in that. Oh, people are taking my songs, but nothing was coming out. So again, I realized I've got to do it myself here before. And did you, you like, know. you know, like if 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 I had like a, if I had a banger of a song mm. and I gave it to somebody and they wouldn't, yeah. did you ever try and take it back? Say, yo, just send it back. Um, Yeah, once I did. I did actually once. Um just the once and I put that song on my first album so yeah I did once just, just to make sure really. so, yeah you do, yeah you because do. it's frustrating because you put yeah. every you've put your heart and soul into these songs um but one thing I realized over the years is 
So I was giving songs out for nothing. You know, I was giving this person a song, that person a song. A song is worth the price a person pays for it, right? So when they've paid you nothing, they don't respect your art. It doesn't mean anything to them, right? So it was one of those where it's whatever, right? They haven't invested in it. There's, there's no vision for the song. It's just they've taken it. it it, you know, kind of giving me that false hope that they're going to do with something with it and nothing used to happen. So, but I guess that's part of the, my learning, you know, for the sort of eight, nine years, whatever beforehand. So before I've, I've kept it, I've kept it kind of an unwritten rule now. So before mm. when I used to get like a discography and I tries to research it about yeah. 95% of the time, I learned <laughs> it through the uh, Buddha podcast. Yeah. It was like Buddha was getting confused with his own dates as well sometimes. So I was like, yeah. I kind of leave it, leave it to the, to the guest then to find the rate. Yeah. When when their first sets of recordings and things came out, so the journey from the ground up to the your, yeah. your debut album, yeah, what was that like? Your first kind of recording experience, because like your your album, you like you you've dealt with big singers, yeah. Yeah. yeah, both in ego and reputation and in numbers as well. So like, yeah. how is like a young... you said that, not me, but yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> the, but we know, the, yeah, the truth is the truth. At the end, of it, and I'm some amazing crazy. people as well. You know, some people yeah. who are very close friend of my, friends of mine today to this day. So, so yeah. what was that process like? And who did you model um, yourself, um, in terms of recording? Um, okay. The, so the process was quite a long one to the first album because the first album came out in 2010, but that wasn't the first album that I recorded. I recorded another album in 2003 and that album never got released. So it was a case of that was that was probably the most disheartening bit because Why didn't I recorded this album. It just, I just couldn't get it released by any label. And back then it was a case of you couldn't really release your own music. You needed that, you know, for, I was at uni at the time. I was, what, how old was I? I was, you know, just started uni around that time. So I wasn't going to fund, I didn't have the money to be funding, you know, all them videos and physical copies and all of that. I didn't know what to do. So um, that was 2003. It just never came out. And then... Um, and then I, I sort of did just productions for people. I did uh, live session work. So I played Dumbi on someone's song, Lugoji on someone's song, that kind of thing, some keyboards and all that. A few ghost productions as well over the years. And and then before I think- Before the fir- album, before the album. Bef- um, after 2003, when my yeah, first yeah. album didn't never came out, then I, between that and 2010. So I did all of that. And which, which song was your biggest- Ghost production. Uh, I'm not. I'm never gonna. <laughs> it's it's gone always down gonna, twenty years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I'll, but I'll are never, they? Okay. I'll never say. Are they some household bangers? That um, we, that we I all... wouldn't say household bangers, but there are a few that people know. But it's whatever, you know. Um, I, I don't. Did you find that So did you did you find that more frustrating than in one way? Because like you said, um, you got disheartened that. Yeah. You knew you got the product. It's a yeah. success. It's been ghost produced, done, and no one's rolling the dice. And um, at the time, it wasn't. To be honest, at the time, it, it was almost. I think I sound I more hurt than you at the moment. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, it's it's one of them where, looking back, yeah, I was a little bit hurt, but, but at the same time, I wasn't because I knew the process. But also, it gave me a bit of confidence to say, you know what, actually, this stuff is working. Like, uh, you know what I'm doing. I have got something here. Mm. So, you know, it, I just stayed focused on what I wanted to do. That wasn't really what I wanted to do. I, you know, I stayed focused on what I wanted to do. And yeah. then um, a few years later, then I did some uh, compilation work. I think, uh, what was it? Loud and Proud 2. I did like 
four or five songs on that and did stuff like that, remixes here and there. Um, and then it was Jazz Dummy's debut album. That was that was the one where my first real productions under my name, under the name GV came out and I, I was properly credited. And, you know, the opening song on his first album was my track. I'd also composed another track. I'd been part of that album, basically, you know, I was part of the team. So that that one, that was the turning point for me. And being number one, you know, around him to sort of see what can happen. But and also... Was, and when he came out, he yeah. came out with a massive tidal wave, didn't he? Yeah, he, yeah. Like, he was... Yeah, big time. Like the golden child of the UK. Yeah. Even at that point. Yeah. But I think also just hanging around with him, you know, uh, because... He, he was my mate from when we were like 15, 16 years back. I'd known him, you know, so, so like just hanging around with him and seeing his drive gave me more drive to do what I was doing. Um, so th that really helped as well. So, and then a year later is when my first album came out from the ground up. So who, who was your kind of, I wouldn't say like competition in a way, it depends yeah. how you define it, your competitors or people rivaling rivaling you at that bit or sparing you on what was it if, if oh. some because like one of the things that have come back especially feedback when i do this when i've been doing the podcast especially with the music people yeah is that the younger the younger people when they when i get speak to them or the feedback like they yeah. they um sometimes struggle to understand what the atmosphere was like in the industry mm. what was the scene was like yeah like, for example i did give a um a little bit of a, um, a shout out when the, the Jazzy B gig came out. So he, yeah. he hadn't done a gig in the UK for ages in terms of a club gig. Mm. He went to do one on Broad Street and there was, some kid, there was like loads of students there and they've never heard Narg being, they've never seen him on stage. So they, they've only used, they've only been used to hearing Narg on a, yeah. on a DJ on a track. Yeah. Okay. So they're like, if you're missing the experience of arguably one of the best stage mm. performers ever, Imagine the impact, like trying to understand it, explain mm. what the scene was like to somebody else who's not aware yeah, yeah. of the live scene as well. Yeah, so, like, of course, in, in, in your eyes, then what was the scene like at that time? So, when, when, so I'm, we're talking 2009, 2010 here. So, we're talking Jazz's first album. So, that was my opening track, opening track on his first album and my album 2010. We're talking sort of the back, I would, I would say the back part of when UK was you know, still good uh, up yeah. until about 13, I think, to, to 2013. Um, around that time, though, as a producer, um, what you were battling with was that if you released something that was above a certain standard, if it wasn't basically, if it wasn't terrible and it was all the music wasn't out of key and sync and everything, then somebody else must have produced it. So that's what I had to battle with when I came on the scene because, it, it you know, people would be like, oh, yeah, this is a great album, but who produced it, you know? Um, and I used to get that. I used to get people saying, oh, um, I read somewhere that Amun produced your first album. I'd even get people, people what, shaming Amun us. Amun Hair. Yeah, Amun Hair, right? And uh, um, I, I heard that one. I heard, who else? I've heard, I heard so many names, like, pop up, you know? And I was yeah. like, bloody, I don't think I've even met Amun at that point, ever. But, you know, thank no, you. That for a but thank you. I did. Yeah, yeah. I, that's how I saw it. I was like, but thank you, like, if these people are saying, oh, he must have produced it, then I must be doing something right. So I've seen it that way. But at the same time, it was really frustrating because you think, you know, like I've spent the last 
10 years working at this. I, I genuinely do this, you know, I work damn hard, but nobody wants to give you credit when it's too good, you know, it, in their was, eyes. So that's what you were battling with back then. But that was um, probably, that. you know, I'm not assuming and just saying it. A lot of those narratives from when I've had discussions yeah. with people were coming from other artists or other, other people yeah. in the industry. And that, that too, yeah. As well because the regular customers couldn't give a shit. They couldn't give a shit, yeah. 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 Exactly. So like, you know, but if it's, if it's yeah. coming from a credible source, like the muddying the waters became really, really easy at that time. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's true. But um, yeah, so that that was a bit weird, a weird time, you know, because if a song's good, it's good. But yeah, yeah you just have to deal with that. But apart from that, the, the scene was still vibrant. I think it was still good. 2009, 10, it was still a good scene. We still had a club scene. Um, you know, we had uh, we had radio, you know, lots of, radio stations that really got behind UK Pungra music. We had um, TV as well. You know, a lot of people watch TV then. Now it's changed. Obviously, we've got social media. It wasn't that big then, really. Twitter was Twitter was relatively a new. Yeah, right? Twitter was a different breed. Yeah, now, right? it, it was like, then. Everyone was a bit now. friendly. I remember Twitter those... was a much nicer place then. Yeah, I remember the, the, the first candle where somebody had uh, created a fake profile. Yeah. Just... Hating every artist who was releasing. Yeah. Oh, we've we've seen that a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've seen that happen a few times. <laughs> that was like those it's are the first. Like... Hey, yeah, it I'm sure it still one. happens. Yeah. I what it was called, man. Something... It was it was some um, police Pungara account or police. something, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Pungara something. Police or... That's it, Bangara police. Bangara police. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to terrorize everybody. He or she used to terrorize everybody, <laughs> didn't they? Right. <laughs> that was what Twitter was back then. Yeah, it was, uh, and then it you was had the good Punjab. and horrible. Yeah, yeah, both. And then you had the Punjab 2000 message boards. Yeah, I think so I don't... The so back I, end of it. Yeah, that, that's my... Um... That's my bit where I I didn't I didn't really see I I saw it a few times but on a yeah. different uh, on some okay. computer and stuff yeah I'm not yeah, yeah. I, even now I, I hate like that kind of stuff but yeah a lot of the the market was you know a lot of people talk about it it was the same 10, 12 artists it was the same people just cussing every over. artist every artist you know so did you yeah. like obviously you're a part of the industry at the time. Yeah. Did you kind of like discuss it with other people in your circle because you you got a young faction there? Yeah, let's say you and Jazz. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got like you've you've already connected with Gary. Yeah. You've got all the like. Would you have active discussions of saying, or would you experience, let's say, a bit of the uh, um, how do I say the blocks from the older the industry? Um, the blocks. I don't know. I w- because okay, here, here we I, go. I wouldn't say. Yeah, go go. No, yeah. what I was saying was that you've released your first song, your first album. It's a, yeah. it's a success, yeah. right? You're starting to become a bit more of a household name yeah. in terms of like in in the Punjabi music. Yeah, that's obviously going to open up a lot of doors to new some of the bigger singers who or yeah. someone else who want to do work with you. Yeah, what you tend to find is that that those singers might have a relationship with a certain producer or record label. Yeah, they'll say, "Nah, that's shad. They don't do his. Come and do mine." Did yeah. you get, oh get yeah, yeah, yeah. That that used to happen all the time. Used to, it used to also be um karta dema, but fear producer So speak to him first, and then you know. So I have to have a meeting with another producer. I have no, I have no dealings with just because I want to work with this singer who's not signed to this producer. Just because his emotions or you know his feelings will get hurt. So yeah, some people were like that. Um, but I think that probably happens even now. 
and did you, and did you, you like know? how like can you remember a time where that sticks out where that situation came up more that you're allowed to that you feel comfortable in sharing um to be honest i i generally was quite lucky in the first sort of five years of me releasing music because uh, i like we mentioned jazz through jazz i'd met gary we knew each other already from you know before I ever released a song, before any of us had ever released a song, we knew each other. So I already haven't, I already, at this point now of coming into the scene 2009 times, um, I already have a network now and we sort of kept it quite close in that network. So it was almost like, I'll ask, but if the person wants to, you have to, if I have to start going through other producers and management and all that, I used to just step back. That happened a lot of times. So I can't even pinpoint one example um you know it used to happen a lot you know management used to also get in a, in the way a lot as well over well, nothing as in, as in right? the artist management or the record label yeah artist management i used to have a lot of trouble with artists ma- not trouble but you know a, a lot of like setbacks and just gatekeeping you know for no no reason like we're trying to make a good song here you know if you're a singer why don't you want to even at least explore the the option and the avenue you know it was it was hard, man. Was this starting to really put, put you off? Because like, if if you think so, what year was your, your first album? Uh, two thousand ten. Ten, right? So first album. Yeah. Yeah. So you've waited seven years to get to yeah to to release it after your yeah. your, your first try, and then you're coming up with all this yeah. bullshit that you're dealing with. That you think it is it actually worth all the headache? I am. Um, so I reached out to one singer, and um, I'd done a song with this singer a few years before. Yeah. Um, which I wasn't credited on, but I knew this singer. Yeah. And um, I reached out through somebody and the reply I got was, I'm doing too well to have to do songs with any other producers now. That was that was the response. I just remembered while you were asking. So that, these are the kind of things that we had to deal with. From Hold on. The, so you helped yeah. this geezer when he was first starting out? Yeah, a few years earlier. I'm never, I'm never going to mention who yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. But... And then you try and reach out. Yeah. And, and he said, said, "I'm doing, uh, yeah. I don't. I'm not saying that's verbatim, but that was the gist of it. I'm too. I'm doing too. I'm doing well enough now. Yeah, well enough now where I don't have to work with any any producers uh, on their projects. Um, so yeah. And then I saw him after you know Brick had come out and all them you know tracks Freshy had come out and whatnot. And then I saw him somewhere at a show and he's like, I've got some songs and I got all these ideas and I thought, yeah, good one, man." But yeah, so also because you did well with Gary, and yeah, that the person came yeah, back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So these are the kind of things you have to deal with in this music game sometimes, right? Well, yeah, that one was a that was a interesting one, really. Yeah, because like, Sharon Puna, that is, isn't it? Yeah, because to manage your your emotions as a person in terms of pride, and then as an mm. artist, is like it's it's a hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's tough, it. man. It's tough. Yeah. But so yeah, you so you always have first. setbacks, though. When when you're trying to, it's a creative industry, you know. Uh, sometimes someone's vision doesn't match your vision, and that's okay, you know. Um, and sometimes people even don't know how to say, "I don't really want to be part of this," and you know, so they might not get back in touch with you and all that, and that's okay as well. But um, yeah, you so deal with interesting the the labels things. or like or the labels that the label that you were with and that who yeah. did you sign up with first and then so. I um I signed so my first album uh initially was signed with another label and then 
I've made a switch. I won't mention the other label, label, but um, then uh, I had to switch it. Uh, um, uh, luckily, I had an opportunity with Movie Box, and you know the other deal wasn't working out, so we switched um, the deal. Um, and then yeah, and then I had um, a few albums with Movie Box, and um, yeah, and released those, and we did really well. We, you know, made some good music. Movie Box was sweeping up everything at that time, right? At that time, yeah, yeah, and and even now, you know, I have an amazing relationship with Cameron and Movie Box and Shabir Uncle, so it's it's one of those where if ever you know in the future opportunity arises, I can still re- you know. I'll still release with them again, but yeah, at the time they were just every week. You would walk into Movie Box's um, offices, and they used to have a a whiteboard with a you know the marker, and every used to be listed every week who's coming out, and you'd be like nosy and just be checking out what's going on, you know. And yeah, because that was because they used to have the same. They used to have a yeah. similar of. They used to have the same. It used to be a similar cover of every yeah. album. It used to be kind of uh, the guys looking on the looking at the floor. Like, wearing sunglasses and then like, uh, yeah. like yeah that's it and uh, <laughs> behind it was like a massive emblem of something yeah different it was um tintin is the same designer right making all the covers yeah they're all... a great designer though i, yeah. I love tintin um they all they all it's like yeah and they, they were literally it was every week there was, it was coming all out the time week. and yeah it was every, it was it was sometimes two three releases Every week, right? Because you'd have the movie box one, and you'd have the Gumbly one, and at a time you had Kismet, so it was like. Yeah, and I think I think movie box are ramping up again, ain't they? I think the some of the they're starting again. I think I think they'll always be around movie box because what I mean is in terms of like being more active, like especially because like they they chill back for a little bit. Yeah, I think like I think I think that might be. Catalog. Yeah, I think that might be not just down to them but it might be down to the quality that they're presented with as well you know as far as an industry you know we're not we're not doing what we were say five ten years ago but also a lot of people are releasing themselves and yeah the independent independent right so there's also that i think it's probably changed the the business model for them but also someone like movie box you know their their catalog's massive so I'm I'm sure they're going to always be good. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I don't think they're going to struggle. Uh, let's, never, let's put it that way. Never. Um, your journey then from from the ground up to old habits die hard. How yeah. long of a time did, was that from release to release, and then how long were you working on it in between? Um, so from the ground up came out in December 2010, and then uh, 2010, yeah, December 2010 from the ground up, and then we did. You know, you'd have like you'd release the videos like their singles off the album yeah. back then. So then uh, by summer uh, 2011, uh, had Fresh Ready with Gary, Freshie, and that came out in September 2011. So want... at this time, I started working on the next album because yeah, I knew yeah. I didn't have long to... So you, know that, you know that song? That song yeah. caused chaos, didn't it? It did, in, in, in a good way and a bad way. Yeah. yeah. So, it co- in, so chaos in a good way where yeah. everybody was talking about you. So bad PR is always good PR. Yeah. And the song was good yeah. and it's being played. I remember one when I heard it, mm-hmm. I was listening to Raj FM on the way back okay. from work, yeah. And the presenter was kicking off. Okay. And I was like, you're <laughs> a presenter? This is at the time where presenters are supposed yeah. to be impartial. And it? I mean, yeah. we've already had a little bit about Gary Lineker, but we don't need to yeah. go down that road. Yeah. But this guy was going... He cut the song off halfway through, and he yeah. goes, "I've," t-. and then someone 
had basically had rang in complaining about the song. Yeah. And then he cut the song off and he goes, After oh, all, oh, everyone, that was... after, do you know about memories, man? No, yeah. but we, this, I'm not surprised because yeah, he goes, I'll be bringing told... back so many memories. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, from your point of view, when you yeah. were making it, did you have any? So the the background of the song. Do you want to just give a bit of a background of the song and then just talk about the reaction? Yeah, um, Gary was sitting at my house and we were working on something else, and he started telling me a personal story that he was going through at the time, and he said something as a as a joke, you know, because he's like minus hadaya for jima freshia and all that kind of stuff, and he started singing that, and to us it was it wasn't anything more than just that you know he'd written these lines and he sang them and i uh, produced them straight i uh, produced the song there and then that night um and by the end of the session you know that three four hours whatever it was we had a song you know pretty much finished uh, which i mean we did reproduce a little bit of it afterwards but that was pretty much it stayed pretty much the same as what we had that night and i remember calling my dad into the into the room and saying listen to this and my dad found it quite you know funny um everyone else we were playing it to they found it funny they saw that you know the sort of where he was going with it and the tongue-in-cheek and not yeah, that. Yeah. but it was really it was actually a personal song for gary it was actually a personal song but but also that there was something else to it where he was saying people so i'm going to make that word really famous which at the time people didn't really see his vision but he really did make that word extremely famous right um and yeah and that's all that was it was nothing more than that and then you know a week later we we're we we're driving to london to mix it and master it and whatnot and then a few weeks later we had done the video and the song came out it was it wasn't something that we planned for six months or anything it just happened and in that time i guess we'd never stopped to think okay well, what's going to be the other side you know the other sort of the flip side of this, yeah, we think it's funny and we don't think much of it. And Gary thinks he, you know, he can use that word, which we didn't think anything was wrong with that. Um, but a lot of people did, bro. A lot of people, man. Like even going to shows became dangerous because you'd you'd get people, you know, wanting to start some shit and do all sorts to us, man. You know, it was it was yeah, it had its ups and downs that song so very successful but also there were a lot of people who didn't initially i would say initially did not understand it and um yeah so for those, offensive yeah so those people who don't like yeah. when in the context of when somebody was called freshy so somebody here with no legal yeah. status there were people yeah were, people were being called yeah freshy. and then so like gary then just makes the song out of it yeah. and tries to make it infamous in, in yeah that. because he's like he he was thinking he was like he's thinking was yeah i am and so are your parents which is right so are your parents or your grandparents so why is it that you know why why is our own community using this term in a, in a derogatory way against people who've come here for a better life and all the up and even they they're and yet we we do that to people so you know that's that's all that was the thinking behind it was you know um but yeah some people really didn't like it you know that the song. But he's was... always been like that, even with Gary, where he's always, always, yeah. he's always pushing the envelope, and even when he, yeah. like trailblazing, even some of the sounds yeah. that he comes out with his music, it's it's not conventional kind of sounds that he comes no, out. No, no, no. He's he, in his own. Yeah, own but stuff. his his vision has, and that's why he's been so successful. His vision 
you know, he he plays the long game. He he can see things that nobody else can see. Because I, I remember good four or five years before that, he used to say, he was like, Minu pata mera He used to say, he goes, Minu pata, uh, hega mere vich. He used to, ex- those are the exact lines he used to say, Minu pata hega mere vich. And he, he, I don't think he ever doubted that. And obviously we know the rest. We know, you know, what he's gone on to achieve. So, yeah, man, but that, that song was, it was, um, it was um it was a special song, you know. You, it you those had, kind of things don't happen all the time. You also did brick with him when that was yeah. when he was at his hot like he, he's yeah, obviously that, at the beginning no of his point. Just, just sustained it really as well. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but when brick came out, brick had a massive impact, right? That summer it was huge. But in, in in creating that song, I think Gary was at a really low point because that was the point where he'd just gone to India. And we were gonna do an we were going to do a song for my second album because we intended to do one for my first one, which was gonna be Manny Binday. Never worked out. Uh, we never found an alternative song. So we always planned to do a song for my second album. And then he just said to me, he was like, me India He was already in India at this point. He was like, and then that way you can release it there and keep my name out in the market as well and, and you know it's off your second album as well so that's where that happened but it was just the timing of it was you know the, the success of the song was amazing but the way it was created it was he was at a really sort of low point at that point because I, I, yeah, I, when you look back on it yeah he, he was at the time it was it was harsh you know like he's gone yeah. he's, he's sent there he's got to yeah, stay it was. There, and his career could have gone down and he just yeah plugged yeah. away yeah and, absolutely and then and, and beat and beat it yeah i mean that was a terrible time for him because it made him the bit it made it was inarguably yeah i know it sounds controversial but that was probably the best thing that happened to him yeah in hindsight popular he got in hindsight because the uk scene started dropping down yeah and you could say that had he not gone to india he may not have found the sound that he eventually ran with and and developed um, he may have kept on doing the type of songs he was doing here and then they may have stopped working for him. So maybe that was what needed to happen for him to become this massive superstar. He was a star here already, but it wasn't in India. Because when we were recording, like when we were recording Brick, I remember he was in the vocal booth and the and the engineer at the studio was asking me, who's this singer? And I was like, Gorma Kilda, he goes by Gary Sandhu. And he was like, yeah, singer England, and I was thinking, oh shit, like that's, and I told him, I was like, Gary, uh, right? But then that that broke my heart because I was like, he's in the paper in Punjab for the wrong reasons. I remember sitting in the studio, it just broke my heart that did because I was like, it should be for the right reasons. It should be for the music. It shouldn't be for someone's immigration status and what he's going through because he was in such a dark place. So to see how he came back from that, it was phenomenal, bro, because... I think that made him as as a person as well, you know, not just as an artist, but as a person. Um, so individually on, on your time, own, man. yeah, yeah, individually on your own work, then were you starting to feel the pressure because like you're getting success, you're getting hit after hit after hit, yeah, and then you're like, I, you know, even in any kind of life work that you do, yeah, um, if it's gone well, you always want to reciprocate or do better. Mm. Did, you, did you that self? pressure how did you manage that leading up to the album then um so 
Brick was um, off that album, but it came out a year before the album. Mm. So, yeah, so I'd had uh, three years of nonstop, you know, music coming out. So we had Ottajata that did really well for me. And then other songs off that first album did well. Then we had Fresh in 2011. Then Brick in 2012. I'm like, yeah, like what you just said, it's like, mm. like pressure, right? Building. But I had a little bit of a window then because I was like, okay, Brick's come out. That'll buy me a bit of time now for for a good eight nine ten months so then i worked on that album um and then when the uh, and then the album came out in 2013 in august 2013 and on that we had um we i had done that song with h dummy called Ajikal. We, we did the video in la we had akia uh, the nasha uh with roach killer i would say that was probably the most successful song off that album but then also had Legends Bolinga with uh, Hira Premi, Apna Sangeet, yeah. Safri Onko and Shin DCS. Um, so yeah, man, I just kept, you know, I just kept rolling. And, I, and I, I think so much was going on at that time. I never stopped to worry about things like what you just said there, like feel the pressure. I never had time to feel the pressure. I was just, you know, when things are going well, they just, everything you touch is turning to gold because you just, you're in that, flow of it and also like you said earlier you've also got access to more singers because now people want to work with you because of course why wouldn't they you're doing well um and so that helped as well and yeah it was just one of the you know everything was just rolling well um so yeah and then uh Ajikal came out um and then a month later and that that did really well but that did well for me not just in the Punjabi community but in the you know in the Pakistani community in the uh, Bangladeshi community, we, you know we had uh, performances, wedding performances all over the place for all different backgrounds. Uh, off the back of that, Akia Nasha. So, yeah, man, that was a big song for me as well. And then you know when you did did you? I'm gonna try and say it in a different um, in a different way. When you when you see some artist or you listen to some of their work it gets kind of samey yeah. samey because they try and re repeat the same formula or the style of song how yeah. did you combat that that you didn't keep producing the same thing like nowadays you're seeing yeah the regeneration or like you know the uh how do i say the re you know like part four five six seven ten whatever right and then the yeah, album like... sequels and all the all yeah, this yeah, kind yeah. Of stuff and that yeah how did you kind of combat yourself to say, I'm not going to go down that way? Yeah. Or that you start seeing that, you know, difference. I I need to change my, my, my sound. Um, I, I never, ever wanted to, even when I would just be working at home on new songs, if it ever sounded like a song I'd already done, I would scrap it. I've always been like that. I'd never have wanted to produce a song that sounds exactly like a song I've already done. Um, which is why if you if you look at my catalog, you won't hear two songs like Brick or you won't hear two songs like Freshy, right? Because I've always tried to do that. I've always tried to change it up. Um, I guess I just get bored as a as a music as a musician, as an artist. I think um I just get bored, bro, to be honest. And that that sort of drives me to find a new sound, new ways of writing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's how it, I think. I think that's all it was, really. Otherwise, I would have probably kept on doing. I would have done brick twenty three times because it yeah. did so well, right? No, I, um, you know, I, like you know the sequel songs. Like I, yeah. um, I actually, I, I, I like, I do like them. They're, yeah. they're, they're a different spin, and I think if they're done right, yeah, 
it's I think it, I think it works and yeah. it, 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 from that bit. But like when you see um, lesser artists, let's say to speak, where they it's become la- it's lazy for a minute, and yeah. then and then you just see like okay, you're still celebrating something you've done. Mm. Like five years, you've already released the other like five years ago. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. What's it, the point? How far point? has it exactly? How far has it progressed you? And yeah, it, and you don't see that development as an artist. Where yeah. I, I'm guessing when you look back at your work, you can see a, a, an evolution. I mean, you had to wait seven yeah. years for your first one, anyway. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, to get to this exactly. bit, and then like yeah. what I would say is like the that that concept album, for example. Yeah, that, you could tell that's your album, like. Mm-hmm. You didn't care for it. like, didn't you? Like, I, yeah, I could yeah. have this totally wrong. No, no, I didn't think you go, not. didn't you go to Switzerland or somewhere weird to like record it? Or did you uh, go? So you went, you went to a, a studio or something like that to work on it. For no, a that bit. that was that the second one. <laughs> I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah, that that one was recorded in a, um a few places. I wrote some of it in Switzerland. I can't, yeah. I can't believe you know that. That's mad. I did write some of it in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Um. Where do we, I think the second one we recorded in more places because that was LA, India, UK, where else? Somewhere else, Spain, maybe I can't remember, but a few places. I, I think this one was, yeah, I think it wrote it all over the place. Yeah, uh, but yeah. the recording I, it was done in one place. I just, rem- I, I just remember something yeah, about that. That's age. mad. I've never heard someone say that. Yeah, that's crazy. There See? you go. Check that professionals out. in this game. That is that's <laughs> real right there, bro. That's impressive, man. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I, even I forgot about that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, you know, it, it when you um, because I I kind of listen to people like um even with other people that I don't even get you know I'll probably fundamentally disagree on yeah. 99 percent of stuff. Yeah, but it's it, always important to kind of understand what their thinking is, and I've gone more curious with it, especially with doing stuff like this. You 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 just get fascinated yeah. with decision making, yeah. like when wh- why would I do why did why wouldn't I do that or why would I do that? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. obviously you're like it's work for you because you got a portfolio of, of work to say. Well, I've got yeah. enough evidence to and credit in the bank to say this yeah. is the way to do it. But then, yeah. you know, when you see, I think it's so hard now for up and coming artists coming through. Yeah, you know, you look at it the, is, even, even on TikTok how many singers there are and stuff like yeah. that. It's and then hard, you know when man. you you yeah. know when you look into it, you can see they've already been tapped up by about ten different people. Yeah, you can see it in the comments. Everyone's you on it. Yeah. it. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like yeah. going, oh man, like I I think that longevity longevity of careers now are yeah. is much much shorter. Yeah, to the point I that I would say. That some of the artists coming now won't last twenty yeah. years. I no. say some. I, you know, you'll get odd yeah. exceptions, but from the UK, I can't see it. Yeah, I, yeah. I cannot see it. There, I, I think in general, I, everything's like that, right? Yeah. Everything is disposable. So even your top artists, you're only going to get like one percent that will be around in ten years, really. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's a fair um, assumption. So how do you cater? Okay, so how wrong. do you cater your creativity then to kind of? bear that mind is it easier to be a producer then than it is to be a singer in that case definitely because a producer even if you look at historically a producer's shelf life is is greater than a singer's because you're in the background number one your image isn't as important number two you can sort of try different things a little bit easier because you can you're, you're sort of almost to a certain degree hiding behind the singer or if you're working with a different singer you can try different things but if a singer you have an audience to please. And when you when you get away from that audience too much, 
your audience can switch off so you can't sort of go too far out. I guess for some singers that worked, but so, you know, if I don't know, AP Galun came out with a full on folk album, I don't know if his fans will like that. So I guess it's one of them, right? I, I, think, he's never... of, I think he's one of the rare ones that can yeah. actually do anything at this stage. But how long? You don't really know. Long, and, yeah, but how long for what? You don't know. But yeah. at the end of the day, they're making money. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like real, real money. Do you, yeah. Okay. You know the road then to uh, like the concept album. What does yeah. the a concept album mean to you? Um, a concept album is it's all about to me. It's having a theme, one theme or or a, a group of themes that are intertwined. Were you know sort of navigating through this album, and the idea came about from. So I don't listen to just Bhangra music. I listen to everything. Um, and the idea came about from old school rock albums that were, you know, were concept albums, the original concept albums like Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon and these kind of albums. They're amazing albums and the songs are all connected. And if you really like delve deep into the songwriting, they've connected the songs and the themes. And that's all it was. That's where the idea came from. So I was like, I've got these songs and I, I want to write about these kind of things. But how do how do I sort of do I release them separately or do I bring them together as one sort of theme and one story and one long video? Because that video um, was an eighteen minute video. It was one long eighteen minute video with different songs coming in and out. Mm. Um, I had to release it separately because, like you mentioned earlier, people's um, you know sort of attention spans are so short. I was like, if I release it today, it will be finished next week. It will be like. You know, people will move on by next week. So I've got to get a bit of life out of it, which is why I had to split it up. Um, maybe now I would have released it all in one go, but like I said, the, the lifespan would have been shorter, I think. So that was what the thinking was behind the concept album. I just thought it was unique because at that point I'd never seen anything, you know, you like that. Like nobody do that kind of thing, really. You so... see, that, to me, that's a proper album. Hmm. It's like for me, like albums now are just 10 songs. Yeah. Or 15 Compilations. Yeah, or like absolutely not related at all. Yeah. Just stuck together and say, oh, here's the album. Yeah. Whereas if you you listen to kind of um, some of the mainstream album songs, like 36 Chambers, for example, like Wu-Tang. Yeah. That is, there's a clear theme of how it all fits together. You know, that's a journey from start. Yeah, start with it, and it, it takes it, you on a mental journey yeah, as well. And it's like actually, you can visualize it. and it's actually hard, yeah, not to listen to it in order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the album, yeah. the way how it's put together, yeah, and I, and, I, and I think a lot more albums should be like that now, especially yeah. like people to take a punt and have a yeah. go. Because you're like, oh, they ain't gonna listen to it by next week anyway. So yeah. like, at least if I'm gonna do it, I do it on my own terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what that was because I think the two albums before that, it was me just trying to find the video tracks. Every track had to be a video track. Or a wedding song. Or a wedding song or a love song for a first dance or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Or a gangster song because we've got to act bad and all that. So sometimes I was just ticking the boxes. If I look back, really, you Mm. know, I'm not going to lie to you. Like sometimes it was just ticking the box. Whereas with that album, I was like, I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to do something that I want to artistically do. And, um, you know, I'm going to stick to my vision because that's the other thing. When you're halfway through making an album, it's very easy to 
sort of you know end up in a different area and and lose sight of where you were what you were trying to achieve with that album I never did that I just stayed on the same path all the way through um to the point like even when when I wrote those songs some of the songs they've even they'll finish on on a given word and the next song starts using the same line yeah or the yeah. same word so if you listen to it carefully like you know there's all these connection points um so yeah it was it was it was a it was a labor of love that album and i'm I'm really proud of it. it out of my three albums it's probably the least um well-known album least you know out of the three because it's probably the least commercial album but it's probably the most um my my proudest album you know i'm most proud of that album just because of everything that went into it well, um, it's a piece of art in it it's different yeah the album, yeah it's, whereas it's, the others i would say what I mentioned earlier, there probably are more con- uh, uh, compilation-like albums yeah. because they're all separate songs, completely, you know, done at different times. Might be a year apart, and then you just put them together, you know. So, so let's give you the two thousand and three date, right? This year marks twenty years in the industry. Yeah, oh, shit, I never thought of that. Yeah, <laughs> okay, that's mad. So, what do you think of the current? I'll, I'll give it. I'm going to do it slightly different. What yeah. do you think of the current market in the UK? Yeah. Then what do you think of the current market in India and then in Canada? Okay, um, UK, I think. Um, Are you worried? Um, yeah, to to a degree. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. A year ago, I would have said maybe. No, I'm not. The the, the new guys coming out, they're gonna they're gonna carry the scene, and I still hope for that. Um, whether they will or not, I'm not sure. I've not heard many people, I've heard a few, but not many people that are bringing a new sound that we haven't heard before. And I think that's what the UK needs. Previously, we always had something, somebody bringing out music that was really exciting, something really new, vibrant and all of that. I think that's missing. And it, it always starts with the youth, right? It can't be people like me who, you know, 10 years ago we were doing it, but we're a little, little bit older now. So it needs to, it always, often these movements start from, you know, the youth and that energy and that vibrancy, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, but I've heard a few young cats there. They're very good, but let's see, let's see what happens. Um, but I think the UK, I think we're going through change as well. We're not second generation anymore. So, you know, there's a massive generation of kids that don't speak Punjabi anymore, right? Um, I would say kids might sort of, kids under 10 years old, for every one that speaks Punjabi, there's probably 50 that don't speak Punjabi. Maybe that's a big stat, but I don't know. You know, uh, these are not verified mm. stats, but I'm just not saying. Yeah, so, from, so From experience. Yeah, and and, you know, speaking the language and having that connection to the music you know, and sometimes it can work the other way. You like a certain type of music, so you learn the language, but there's that disconnect happening. And that's inevitably going to happen because, you know, we're, like I said, we're not second generation anymore. We're third, fourth, fifth in some cases, I guess. So I think we're not just going through a change with music. You know, we're going through the change as a community. So, And I don't know where that's going to head, end up or, or where it's going to head in the next 10, 15 years. Um, let's see. But I see our scene getting even smaller because of that. I hope I'm wrong. But, you know, but then again, the audience is there in the same argument. On the flip side, the audience is still there because when people like AP are here and Diljit's here, the audience are selling out. But what I'm saying is when this 
particular audience grow up into their 40s and whatnot, what's the next audience after that? I think that's what we need to look at. Yeah. So I don't know. I, so I can't really say to you, like, yeah, I yeah like, it's going to be good, you know. Like, AP and them, like, we can't class them as yeah. UK, in it. And then like legit not UK. So I was no, like, you know, no, what I'm saying is when they come here, the, the yeah. audience oh, the is market, clearly there. Yeah, yeah the yeah. market's still there. But but um but I just don't know the audience after the current youth below them. I don't know if there's enough of them who are gonna have that connection to uh the Punjabi community in general, little less music and yeah. Punjabi culture. So I don't know where it's gonna head. I hope these uh, some of the new guys, you know, I hope like they, I mean Raf's doing his thing. Right, Raf's yeah. doing his thing. There's a few others that are doing their thing, man. Um, and I'm hoping they they can be the next sort of, you know, the guys. My my boy Culprit is is great at what he does. There's a few others, G Funk, you know. There's some good producers around, you know. So, um, so yeah, man. You know, all, all the best to them. I hope they can raise the game. But yeah, I, I got I got a bit of a weird theory that the reason why AP don't well is because he doesn't. Yeah. They don't have complex lyrics. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they and, just and, have just enough. Punjabi for yeah. somebody who wanted to learn or just s- yeah. a little bit competent. Yeah. And they're not going into complex lyrics at all. No, and no. Then, and Simplicity. Then, yeah. Yeah. And it's also going on. Yeah. Like garage is coming back. And it, I mean, it yeah. did go anyway. So it, like you're just repeating the same lines anyway. Yeah. Like yeah so yeah. that's why I think it works personally. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I, I think you're right. Um, you know who gave me credit for that as well? Go on. I had that argument, uh, I had that conversation, and he wrote it down. But okay. the MC. Okay, fair enough. I sent so, it. So I for... sent it to him, and he goes, "Say that again." Yeah. And I was like, "So PMC's, I, yeah, all I did the it. PMC goes, songs are going to be really simple going goes, forward." He came over. <laughs> and he goes, "What's your name?" And so I told yeah. him name, and he got his phone out and he wrote it in his phone. That's good. And then he got it on there. So <laughs> if ever it comes out and he says that line, I'm yeah. taking credit. For yeah, that. yeah. Make sure you do. Make yeah, sure yeah. you do. Um, from him, I was like, I nearly passed out. Yeah, no, fair play. He's a legend, man. Oh, Next level. Next level. But yeah, so I don't really know. India, to be honest. India. So Canada, but Canada, you, you asked about Canada, or did you ask Canada last? Does it matter, the order? No, it doesn't matter. Go for it. Right. So Canada, I think Canada um, are an interesting one, because I, I think Canada are going through what we were going through in the 90s and the 2000s. Because they are, you know, they, they, their youth are into the Punjabi is that the new Is that the new home of Bangladesh, would you say? Nah, the home of Bhangra is still Punjab, in my opinion. It's still Punjab, man. And I think it will always be Punjab until everybody moves out of Punjab, which yeah. could happen. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's happening. Yeah, but yeah, it's happening. So, um, but I still think Punjab is still the home of Punjabi, Bhangra music. You asked Bhangra, not Punjabi yeah. Mu- you yeah, know, yeah, language yeah, yeah. music. I would say for Bhangra, yeah. But for more urban sort of sounding Punjabi music, Canada's the home of it at the moment, you know. Um but every country has still has success stories. There are still, you know, successful artists in the UK, just not as many as there were, say, 10, 15, 20 years ago. But yeah. we're just going through a change, you know. So, what, so really you're, know. you're coming out with your, your you know, you, 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 we started the, the podcast, we were talking about, you know, you got things are going to change. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be more. Yeah. What, how are you going to try and blend all of those markets in there? Because I still believe, you know, when, when mm. you speak to somebody they're like, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm just doing it for me. And that, I think, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. I believe bollocks. about 90% of Sorry. that. But like, you this can believe that out, yeah. Can... Yeah, no, it's like, oh, I swear. Or you me. can leave it. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You know, where you think, like, yeah, yeah. come on, man, you, you still have to. That's get... a lie. Yeah. So yeah. As, a, as a producer, then how do you accommodate all three of those kind of markets in there? 
Um, I, I think you do have to have the audience in mind. You do. I, I, I think I, I see it from the artist's point of view, like what you're saying. Some people do say that. I understand it whereby an artist thinks, no, I need to just like the song. As long as I like it, then I'll release it and hope for the best. But I think you still have to have your audience in mind, right? You still have to, you have to be aware of, um, I don't know, the, the sort of sounds that work now. The, the, the um, I don't know, you have to read the room a little bit, read the market a little bit. But at the same time, you shouldn't then be making a song just because it's working at the moment, because then you're not necessarily being true to, you know, who you are. And also you probably don't know that, that world too much. Like I don't listen to trap music. If I made a trap song, it will still sound like a trap song, but it might be a trap trap song because I don't understand that industry, right? So it's just one of them things. Um, you kind of just need to, I think, just be aware of, you know, sonically aware, uh, sound aware, and, and be writing songs that are still relevant in the time that you're releasing in. So, you know, I, I think that's the key thing. Yeah, especially uh, subject more than in, Yeah, got, subject manager yeah. matter is really important. Yeah, someone is split up from the missus, that's always going to be a winner. Always, around, yeah. yeah. Yeah, then, I heard line, I heard Lionel Richie say um, on a docu VH1 documentary years ago. He said it's a four-letter word. Always write about love. You're always going to be all right because there's always going to be someone in love or who just fell out of love or something like that, right? So yeah. that four-letter word's always yeah. going to work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In yeah. our community, something about Natchanas is always going to work. Yeah, Daru's always going to work. Yeah, so that's a four-letter word. There's your three concepts. <laughs> Anyone trying to start, you know, getting yeah. in music and trying to work out what songs yeah. to write, those are three. Love. What is it? What did I say? Them three always. Love always Daru gonna... and yeah, I don't really do the Daru ones, but yeah. and what was the other one? Uh, Nachana. Nat yeah, Nat Nat yeah just... that's it. You're gonna that's win. It. They're gonna win. Yeah, that, there's, that, your that, there's, there's your workshop there for any budding writer. Yeah, that's to, it. To just to do that. Yeah. Um. Okay. So like, I kind of give a so okay. So you, you've kind of given a, a little bit of an outlook. What does the timetable look like for you then in the next sort of six to twelve months? Then um, I'm gonna put I'll put a timeline on there, six to twelve months that we expected to see stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Um, so I'm at the moment, I'm actually, you know, I've said it in the past how I intend to release next year and this, that, the other. I'm actually right now making songs as we speak. I've started to um I've been writing this whole time but I'm actually starting to put them together now. I'm starting to put musical accompaniment to him um, with the view that I'll be releasing one single this year. That's it. At some point, it'll be just the one single for now, um, but it'll be followed by an EP that at some point. Um, and, and that's oh, like my EP crazy is going off. In it. My, yeah. But the EP I was going to do straight after my last album. Um, and I, I just never got around to it. I, I meant to record it when I, yeah. I went to India a year later, I think it was, or yeah was yeah around that and i was going to record it there and it never it never worked out but and then it sort of just you know well fell on the back burner but uh, so that's what i'm going to do i like the ep craze because mm. it's not an album whereby an album is really it's quite taxing for an artist to create an album it's, it's a lot of work a lot of songs going to it a lot of time money all of that an ep is pretty you know it's 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 not much harder than putting out a few singles in a year right it's three or four songs so it's a lot easier, but it's nice for a listener as well because you get a body of work, and it's nice for the artist because you feel like you're putting out a body of work. So I think it's a it's a nice happy medium. It's like a diet album. 
Yeah, it's a dive. I can't remember who it was. They were talking about the actual definition of extended play. It should be have a remix of this and it should have that. And it yeah. should be the prelude for the album that's going to be coming out and all the, Okay. You know, uh, they took it yeah. to another level. Yeah, uh, it's just whatever, isn't it? It's, it, it? An EP is, I can't remember how much length it is in time. It's between whatever it is, I think up to 12, 12 20 minutes or something. I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember. But um, yeah, so that's that's the plan. Um, but let's see, let's see how things pan out. Sometimes things don't pan out the way you, yeah, you yeah. planned, right? Um, but that that is that is my hope, man. This year we're gonna we're gonna be releasing more again. Okay. But I don't want to put out any old shit as well, you know. Yeah, that's, that's like, a good point. It, otherwise, in the important. last yeah, in the last twelve years, th- th- whatever it's been, thirteen 20. years since my first album. Yeah, well, twenty <laughs> since two thousand three. But since my first album released, so in that thirteen years, I could have released a lot more songs, you know, but. Mm. It's not been. It's not the kind of thing I just like to release for the sake of releasing. I want to stand by what I release, you know. So when you when you see me sharing something that I'm releasing something on my own name, believe that I stand by it, you know. That um, you know, I'm into it and I want you to hear it. So that's for good. Okay. Reason. So like what I do with uh, every guest that I have who yeah. joins the podcast, um, it is called the bandwagon. So this is your space where either you can jump on a bandwagon, jump mm-hmm. off a, on a uh, jump off a bandwagon, or anything that you want to get off your chest. This is your space to do so. Oh yeah, that's a loaded one, isn't it? I don't even know. You should you should have sent me that like two days ago, so we could prepared like an essay or something. But then you normally get it raw and it. Yeah, I think just enjoy your life, man, um, and just chill the fuck out, and don't take everything so seriously. And before you tweet some dumb shit, give it 48 hours, right? And in 48 hours, if you still think you should tweet that, then go ahead and tweet it. Otherwise, just just chill. Just leave it. Yeah, the, that, the, the we learned that from Gary Lineker this week. Yeah, right? yeah. The DC cancellation yeah. crew hasn't kicked yeah. in yet. I, I, I fear that's coming. Yeah, that's why I just said what I yeah, said, yeah, right? Yeah. Because I, 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 I get think people get a bit too emotional on everything. You know, social media isn't isn't um it's not real life you know don't forget to enjoy your real life and that's that's another reason why i, I haven't been as active and whatnot because i've been enjoying my real life because mm. it doesn't last forever bro so enjoy it while it's here man you know you and, um, yeah thank you for your your wise words mate my brother i just made that up uh, yeah that was good that was yeah, good so you. i know we just uh, turned around really quick i really appreciate yeah. it so i'm yeah. actually slowing my pace down on 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 the podcast i'm doing it weekly <laughs> and so hopefully- like yeah, like, and no. hopefully, hopefully, when I have the next bunch of um, releases, you know, be, we can do yeah, this again, man, and we yeah. have more to talk about. The, That'd be the good. New yeah, no, and, and I'll keep. Uh, I've got a list of people who are adhering to, man. So yeah. I, I will hit them back up. I was like, "Yo, respect, man." You said respect. this, and you gave me. By the way, um, you you may not remember it, but um, when we ran into each other at Brit Asia Awards some years ago, and my album oh, yeah. was about to come out and you gave me some really good wise words man i appreciate it so <laughs> thank you for that man i appreciate oh, it a lot because I, I was a bit like you know unsure of what i was doing but i was just going with it but yeah man you stopped to give me some really good wise words so i appreciate it a lot you know thank the you. most of it all is is that if you're a fan so like if, if you're a fan of the music and mm-hmm. artists or whatever then you can't you, um people will know that you're being genuine Mm. If if you if you're going up there to say to speak to someone to trip them over or you mm. or you encourage them to make a mistake, yeah, you get found out and um, yeah, so like yeah, oh yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't get this far without getting found out. Let's yeah, say yeah. one or two people don't like you, 
Yeah. If you're that, if you're naturally that person, you'd have loads of people saying the same thing about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't That's find right. that with like you know when you speak to artists that you, um, you know, there's one artist that I, I kind of had an interview on, and loads of people don't like him. <laughs> I did one the podcast, and people saw a completely different light to him. And then yet they still they still go back out, and then they they just yeah prove everybody was right. Yeah, you know what I mean? but I think yeah. sometimes now if 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 you hear so many people saying the same thing about a, a person, it's very rare that a common denominator is wrong. Yeah, you know what I mean? so yeah, I think, no, you're right. You know, and and especially and that's why I kind of moved out of it because it was hmm. it was so toxic. It was so hmm. oh contaminated. I just go, I couldn't. Yeah, you can just yeah. feel it seeping into you, and you're like, "Oh man, I don't want it anymore." Yeah. And you put like, especially now, if you're taking a break, you come out like, "Oh, do I want that headache?" I, do you know what, bro? It's I know we're we're ending this, but that's one of the reasons why I sort of stepped back from the scene a few years back because that was it was sucking the life out of me, bro. It yeah. really was, man, because it's just that constant negative energy, your constant battle with all these you know, bad vibes and all that. Mm-hmm. It does, it sucks the life out of you. And also you become the company you keep as well, eventually. And if you don't want to become that company, you sort of have to step back, I think. So yeah, yeah man, it's an interesting world, isn't it? Well, we could pick that up when we, when the, when the, when the we'll do that, brother. Come out, it? Thank you, bro, man. I really all right, my brother. Much love. Thank you. Thanks. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.